Hello, 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 and welcome to Sisters You Have Value Podcast, where every week we dive into the journey towards finding peace, happiness, and wholeness within ourselves. I'm your host, Kim Tolliver, and thank you for joining me for this week's episode titled Three Blocks to Inner Healing. Three Blocks to Inner Healing. We'll be exploring the three different barriers this week. Of course, we know it's more than that that can prevent us from reaching our full potential and finding inner happiness and peace and discussing the impact they have on our lives and provide actionable strategies for overcoming them. So sit back, relax, and let's begin this journey to healing. You know, we don't even realize the baggage we bring with us on this journey we call life. We mask it well. You know, the representative is there. But let's meet the real you, the authentic you. You know, the one living in the shadows. Imagine you're on a road trip to visit a beautiful new city. The sun is shining, the music is playing, and you're feeling excited to see what new adventure all of this has in store. But suddenly, you hit a roadblock. It could be a flat tire, a detour, or even a traffic jam. And suddenly, your journey is interrupted, like, ouch. And this is exactly what can happen when we're on our own personal journey toward inner healing. There are roadblocks along the way that can prevent us from reaching our full potential and finding happiness within ourselves. And that's what we're going to be dealing with, healing that emotional and mental mindset. Even before we get into it, here's the thing you need to ask yourself and think about this throughout the podcast. What happened? What happened to you? What happened to that little girl, that teenager, that young adult? that adult? What was the worst moment of that trauma? And y'all, I need you to remember one thing. Trauma or any resulting emotion is an entry point for the devil to have a field day with us. So we need to get this thing under control quick. So let's get into barrier number one, emotional trauma. Okay. Think about carrying a backpack. It's filled with your past experiences all of them, good and bad. Sometimes that backpack gets so heavy that it holds you back from moving forward and finding happiness. That's what emotional trauma can feel like. It can weigh us down and prevent us from reaching our full potential. This can be childhood trauma, past relationships, sexual abuse, you name it. Let's talk about, let me give you a story. We're going to call her Sarah. Sarah grew up in a household where she witnessed domestic violence. She was constantly exposed to arguments, yelling, and physical abuse. As a result, Sarah developed anxiety, depression. She struggled with forming healthy relationships. And it wasn't until she started therapy that she began to understand the impact that her past trauma was having on her life. Through therapy, she was able to process her emotions learning coping mechanisms, and work through her past trauma. 
Today, she's in a healthy relationship and she feels more confident and at peace with herself. So I, I say all that to say, if you've experienced past trauma, you're not alone. We all have gone through it. There's no playbook for overcoming traumatic experiences from your youth. You all have your own unique set of experiences, each shaped with its own unique situation. Childhood trauma has an impact on who we become as adults. So that's why it's important not to judge a person's walk, their way of thinking, the way they look at life, the way they talk about things. You haven't gone through what they've gone through. You don't know nothing about their trauma. You don't know what it took for them to cope coming in life. You don't know. So it's so easy to judge, but it really isn't because you got your own stuff you deal with too. They just don't know about yours. So let's think about a little girl who was molested or had an absent father. Even if he was in the house, he was still absent. Now she has daddy issues. Now she's promiscuous because daddy didn't save her from that abuse. He wasn't there. Now she's looking for love in all the wrong places. Now she's got trust issues. Childhood trauma can damage a person's ability to trust others. If a child has experienced abuse or neglect from a caregiver, they may find it difficult to trust anybody, even those who's trying to help them. And as a result, there you go again, that healing process. We just hit another roadblock. It slowed down. Emotional regulation. We can't regulate our emotions. We experience intense feelings of anger, anxiety, depression. All that can make it challenging to manage our emotions and healing. So this leads to a cycle of negative emotions, making it difficult again to find peace and calmness, self-esteem. Childhood trauma can also impact a person's self-worth. They may feel unworthy, undeserving of love and support, or they may experience feelings of shame and guilt. This can make it challenging for them because they believe that they can't heal or recover from that trauma. Think of a bully. I had one and the effects of it made me a beast with people. I had to learn to regulate my, temp my temper. I still do. My zero to a hundred is a mess. It's one of those, you can get it. Don't come for me unless I call. Don't test my gangster. Try Jesus. Try Jesus. Not me. I'm just saying. So, you know, it can affect us, y'all. And hey, okay, let's get back on track. Relationship difficulties. Childhood trauma can make it challenging for a person to form and maintain healthy relationships. They have trust issues, struggle with intimacy and vulnerability. That man can't get close to you. You know, none of that. It could lead to feelings of isolation and loneliness, and it makes it difficult to rely on others for support during the healing process. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things. It's a plethora of things as a result of this, even your physical health. You know, you got chronic pain. You got sleep problems. You can't go to sleep. You know, it all interferes. So we have to address those things and as as quick as we can. So um, let's get into some of the things that 
can help the process. We talked about some things that affect the, that it happens and it affects the process. Let's try to heal some things. So some of the things we can do is focus on our physical well-being. If you're healthy, you'll have a better time handling pressure. You can create a schedule for yourself that allows you to get enough sleep, eat healthy, exercise frequently. The most essential thing is to abstain from drugs and alcohol. Y'all know we get that oil in us and that just intensifies it more. It certainly doesn't help it because guess what? Regardless of what you do, people, you can go to bed and wake up. That problem's still there. You can drown it in your sorrows and it's still there the next day. So that's just hopelessness. And that's what it leads to loneliness and sadness. We got to embrace our imperfections and release the ones we can't change. Remember that acceptance is not the same as approval. When you accept something, you make up your mind on how to proceed. Your choice is either to let it consume you or to release you. I choose to release it. When you let go, it don't disappear into thin air. No, no, it doesn't. But we are deciding that we no longer let these emotions and, and recollections from our past run amok in our lives and keep us from what God's best is for our lives. So we want to also make some positive practices on our new normal. So that negativity, that chronic distrust, that self-medicating with drugs and alcohol, uh, that life becomes tough, but those are bad habits. So it's not easy to stop either. Don't get it twisted. Um, especially if they've been a crutch to help you cope with this for so long. And hey, but we got to also realize those things that we use won't always get us through. So we have to know that, Lord, there's a better way. And we got to really pray to get that thing out of us and to release those strongholds in our lives so that we can have a better life with Christ. Take your time. Don't rush. The effects of this trauma is long lasting and it's difficult to overcome. You have irrational feelings, a lack of faith in your own ability to recover, defensive behaviors, distorted perspectives. So it's going to require some time and effort. Y'all, we got to put it, you got to put that work in. Um, don't discount your own efforts to success. You can do it. No matter how minute, no matter how small the progress, you are making progress. And so to begin that healing, we got to acknowledge you can't heal what you won't confront. So we got to acknowledge that we're still hurting, that we're carrying something. You know those triggers. There's something somebody can say and make you snap zero to 100 so quick. And you were like, why did I do that? Where did that come from? That's that past. That's those things you haven't released from. That's that stuff you haven't let go. So even when you're trying to go through that in life, you have to understand that, man, I still got that. Yeah, you do. And so you can't rationalize this thing away. It happened. And, and that's okay. So we want to recognize that, hey, something happened to me. But it happened to me. But it does not define me. So we want to get there. And that's one of the first steps toward recovery. So even in adulthood, feelings of helplessness can influence your behavior, make you feel and act like a victim. It also influences your decision-making, depending on how much trauma you've experienced. You can't change the present if you're a victim of the past. You, you just can't. And though the past will always be a factor, you can take back control over your life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hey, we are more than conquerors through Christ. 
So we want to get ready and get prepared to let go of these defense mechanisms, these coping mechanisms that we developed as a child in order to deal with these experiences. Block number two, negative self-talk. Some call it stinking thinking. Have you ever caught yourself thinking like, I'm not good enough. I'll never be successful. I'll never find love. He don't want me. I know he's just, you know, uh, I'm not fine. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too short. I'm too tall. What are you telling yourself? What, what, what record keeps playing in your mind? You know, as long as we play these records, they become strongholds in our life. Let's talk about another story. Let's get into John. John was constantly told by his parents that he wasn't good enough. He was stupid. He was ignorant. He wasn't going to mount to nothing. He wasn't going to be anything. Go sit your dumb self down. As a result, he grew up with low self-esteem and struggled with self-doubt, trying to please everybody. But it wasn't until he started practicing positive self-talk that he began to see a shift in his mindset. He started telling himself positive affirmations and focusing on his strengths instead of his weaknesses. He's Today, he's more confident and self-assured. So if you struggle with that, you know you have the power. God gives us authority to change our thought patterns because negative self-talk can impact everything and hinder any kind of progress we're trying to make. So let's get into some of the things that it does. One, it hinders our progress. When you constantly criticize yourself with doubt and, and your abilities, it, it, it stifles your ability to heal. You become stuck in that negative cycle that prevents you from making progress. It creates that self-doubt, worthlessness. It impacts your uh, motivation to heal. And when you believe that you're not worthy or that you're not capable of overcoming those challenges, you get discouraged. You lose hope. Now you have increased stress and anxiety. It makes it harder for you to find peace and stay calm. Your body responds with physical symptoms of stress. You got increased heart rate. You're sweating, shallow breathing. You give yourself a heart attack. Hey, no, let's not do that. Self-compassion. It can interfere with our self-compassion. It, <laughs> it's important. This is an important component to healing. When you constantly criticize yourself, you find it difficult to show kindness and understanding. Y'all, I've experienced this. I could have, Lord, if you'd have known me back when, could be the coldest person, cold as ice, walking. I've lived this. I've experienced it. I thank God for Jesus because if you'd have caught me 20, 30 years ago, oh, Lord, I was messed up. Because I had those things. I was in my 20s one day. I asked my mom, did something happen to me? What is wrong with me? Because I, I didn't feel like I could love people on the level that they needed to be loved. I didn't feel like I can give back the things people were giving to me. And it caused me to be selfish. Um, you know, so I I can get this. I can understand these things. And my mom's like, girl, you crazy. Ain't nothing happened. But Something happens along the way, whether it was that bully, whether it was that negative self-talk, whether it was torture from my brother or whatever. When you do that shadow work, those things, man, if you ever do some shadow work and get into that, if you need me to, Lord, that's a lesson in and of itself. I have you crying all day. So 
Overall, negative self-talk can have a significant impact on our healing. It's important for us to, hey, to work on this, to, to develop more positive and self-compassionate ways of thinking. And so we want to get into that and we want to get into this healing. That's why I thought this was so paramount because for all the rest of the stuff coming, you have to be um, in a position to know where you stand and what caused you to be the way that you are in every walk of life. Something happened. So we got to shift away from that. But the good news is we got the power to change our thoughts, um, mindfulness, we can uh, affirmations, other techniques. Um, so let's get into some of those things. We want to watch the self-talk statements that we say about ourselves. Pay attention to your emotions. When you get elevated, take notice of the events that's triggering you. Anytime something happens and it sends you to that zero to 100 real quick, stop and take notice. Something triggered that emotion. That's something that's deep rooted. That's something that's still in there that you hadn't addressed. That's something that's in there that you hadn't gotten past. Because sometimes people can say how they say, say something to you and it's like water off a duck's back. But then it's those other times they can say that one little thing and you thought somebody shot your mama or somebody because that's that emotion. That's that, that, that's deep down in that deep seated and rooted thing that you hadn't got out yet. So you need to identify anything that's negative. Uh, otherwise you won't be able to change that negative self-talk without noticing it. Some people carry a log, a journal. You got a phone, baby. We all got these phones with these notes on them. You can do a recorder. You can talk to Siri and you ain't got to worry about nothing else. You know she will respond and you could tell her to write this down on this day at such and such time. Such and such said this to me and it set me off like something wicked. So you want to be able to do that. And that way you can work on that thing. Uh, you got to monitor the self-talk uh, of people around you. Sometimes it's easier to see the negative impact by noticing it on other people. But obviously you won't be able to listen in on the inner self-talk. But people often speak their self-talk out loud. Girl, I'm just not good at that, at that sort of stuff. Oh, Lord, I, and I'm bad. Oh, I'm not creative. I don't have time to deal with that. I've always wanted to do that, but I just don't have what it takes. How does that self-talk limit you? Do they stop to think of things or do they that they want to do or should do? Do they avoid new behaviors that might be helpful? So we got to identify that and that negative self-talk you want to change. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it will eat the fruits thereof. So we have to be careful what we speak. We have to be careful what we say. Those things and those actions, they become those words become actions. Those thoughts become those words. And then those words become actions. And then we live it. And then we wonder why we're so tangled and we can't get out of something. It's because we spoke so much into our lives. So we got to identify the areas we want to work on. A lot of self-talk is useful, but what kind of self-talks are giving you a problem? Since we're working on conflict resolution, let's get into some things. Accepting that people may be different, listen uh, until you can understand uh, what people are saying. Express your feelings. Don't personalize things. Um, believe that there are many solutions, not just the one you thought of. 
So if you have negative self-talk that make it hard to make changes, you got to start to walk, uh, to work, to reduce it. So we want to uh, eliminate that negative chatter. Uh, once you learn to notice that negative self-talk, you got to work on actively resisting it when it occurs. So um, whatever it takes, some people work. <laughs> Some people put rubber bands on and snap themselves when they start to engage in negative self-talk. I, I, I don't have time to beat myself up. But um, there's a lot of ways, whatever way works for you. So you just got to replace it with positive. I trust that people love me. I trust that I'm good enough. I can control myself and my behavior. I trust myself to speak up for myself. I have everything I need inside me. I can ask for help. I'm not alone. I can choose how I act. 99% of the stuff in life is how we respond. Not what happened to us, but it's how we respond. I'm a good listener. I'm attentive. I'm interested. I'm aware of everything that's going on around me. I have the courage to share my feelings. And let's get into the last one, y'all. Unhealthy relationships. Imagine being stuck in a car <laughs> with a driver who is constantly taking you in the wrong direction. That's what it can feel like when we're in an unhealthy relationship. It's draining. It's toxic. It prevents us from reaching our full potential. Let's do another story. How about Rachel this time? Rachel was in a relationship with a partner who was emotionally abusive. He constantly put her down. He criticized her, made her feel like she wasn't good enough. Rachel's self-esteem plummeted and she struggled with anxiety and depression. It wasn't until she got help and support from her friends and family that she was able to leave the toxic relationship. Rachel also got some therapy, some self-care. She began to heal and move forward with her life. Today, she's in a healthy and supportive relationship and feels more confident and, and empowered than ever before. So if you're in a toxic relationship, you don't have to stay stuck. We got to seek some support. And it, because here's the thing, it can have a significant impact on your inner healing process. It, it hinders everything we do. So let's get into that. It undermines your self-esteem. It involves crit criticism, gaslighting, other forms of emotional abuse, which can lead to a decrease in your self-esteem. When people are constantly belittled or invalidated by their partner, they begin to doubt themselves and their ability to heal. Baby, they can be the baddest sister walking. If that man beats you down emotionally, you won't think you amount to nothing. But we know the devil is a lie because, sister, you popping. You fine. We got to create um, a, a different type of environment. Toxic relationships also create stress and anxiety, y'all. You feel like you constantly walking on eggshells around this person. You can't say nothing. You got to deal with emotional outbursts. If you say the wrong thing, they going off. The stress level skyrocket, making it difficult to find peace. I refuse to walk on eggshells. Oh, the devil is a lie. I got the gift of goodbye. Baby, I know how to say goodbye because my mental peace of mind is better than having nothing. You hear me? I'd be broke before I have just this scatterbrained foolishness that people put up with. But you got to understand, it comes from within. When we still deal with things, we haven't healed. Some of us, we thank God for Jesus that he has brought us this far that we can heal from things. But now we want to help the ones that's behind us. Each one reach one. Somebody pull somebody else up with you. 
So it, it impedes your emotional growth. Toxic relationships make it difficult for a person to grow emotionally and develop new uh, coping strategies. When you're constantly dealing with that emotional turmoil, you find it hard to focus on your own healing. Trigger trauma. <laughs> Toxic relationships can be a trigger for past trauma. If you have a, a history of trauma, then you're going to be more vulnerable to the experiencing of, of your traumatic incidents in, in any time they occur. And it's going to make it difficult, y'all. Isolation. It's going to lead to social isolation with the abuser attempting to control you, your interactions with others. Girl, I ain't going out. Girl, now nah, he tripping. Oh, no, girl, it's fine. I ain't, you know, I ain't had nothing to wear no way. Girl, my hair ain't even done. Stop lying. That man crazy and you can't go nowhere, you know. So we want to get out of that because it impacts everything we're trying to do, y'all. It's hope, though. We got hope and we're going to set some boundaries on this thing and we're going to learn to communicate effectively. We're going to get some support and help and we're going to break free from this unhealthy relationship and create healthy ones. Uh, so we can find our real boo, your Boaz, for the Ruth that you are. Sister, you know you got value. You good. So we want to recognize the dysfunctional, toxic, and harmful behavior. Ideally, we need to recognize this in ourselves and others before we're attached, committed, and, and in love. You know, I tell my daughter all the time, Courtney, no, I tell, vet it. Vet that mess before you get into it. You, It's some... Baby, those warning signs are them bricks coming at you. Sometimes y'all had <laughs> y'all see that y'all see that uh uh thing where the reporter was reporting the news and that stop sign hit her like Lord, give me a sign. There you go. That big old stop sign hitting you upside your head. You know it's not cute. Oh girl, that's so cute. It's not cute. It's not cute because later on that's gonna be a stumbling block. So you have to realize those warning signs. Vet that thing. I need to see you in winter. Summer, spring, and fall. And if it's something in between, when our weather get bipolar, I need to see you in that season too because I need to see you when you mad, when you happy, when you sad, when you hungry, when you hangry. I need to see all that because that <laughs> that impacts it. Y'all y'all got to deal with that mess. Don't get him just because he cute. Because you know I love a bow-legged man, but don't get him just because he fine. I mean, you know, we won't find. We pray, you know, you got to be specific. And what you ask God. So when you ask him for that fine man, ask him to have a sound mind and to be healed of his past and his traumas, that he going to love you like Christ loved the church. You know, all of those things. So, baby, you got to be specific. You got to get on your knees and you got to pray and you got to wait. So, oh, let me get back. Okay. So if we grew up in a dysfunctional family, you may not know what a healthy relationship looked like. Or feels like. So we flock to that because that's what we're accustomed to. And we think that's what it's supposed to be like. The devil is a liar. So if we don't have a good role model, how are we going to get it? That's why we miss the red flags. Because we think that's normal. Because my daddy knocked my mom upside her head. That's normal. You get it? No, the devil is a liar. Um, so if you have physical abuse... Um, that's a red flag. If he pushing you, hitting you, kicking you, emotional and mental abuse, he's causing you derogatory names, yelling, blaming you, threatening you. Girl, it's my fault. If I would have cooked earlier, he no, he's just crazy. That's not that wouldn't have helped it. Anything that you do, he's just crazy. And and 
they are exaggerating the things to make you confused and and then you make up things to 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 you know compensate for it dishonesty lying cheating stealing engaging in dishonest behavior controlling and jealous wherever you go call me when you get there facetime me paying the room boy go sit down uh, <laughs> reading your text messages. Give me your code to your phone. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Avoidance. I'm willing to address problems. The first time you say something, he go left, lit. You know they lying. <laughs> you know they lying when you ask a question and they go off on you like you did something. I ain't do it. But again, we got the gift of goodbye. Codependency. Uh, an unbalanced relationship in which one person overfunctions, you know, you feel responsible for others that you got to take care of him. Um, this is not build a bear. We, we're not here to build a man. Let me just tell you that we're not here to build a man. We want one already packaged. We want a ready-made man that don't have all these issues so we can heal. But understand, y'all, um, you stuck in this cycle of unhealthy relationships and Logically, now it doesn't make sense to make the same mistakes and repeat the same behavior when they cause so many problems. But I assure you, y'all are not doing this because you're stupid, y'all. We've all been there before. We're doing it because there's underlying trauma, there's learned behaviors, there's unconscious emotions at work. We repeat the things because they're familiar. You know, you know, you want to leave, but it's going to get better. He going he gonna to change and you'll be sitting there looking like that skeleton sitting on the bus bench, still waiting on him to change. So even if you know a relationship is dysfunctional and not in your best interest, you still may pursue it, y'all, because it seems and feels familiar and you know what to expect. Remember, wherever we are at this point in our lives, we attract just what we are and we seek those things. That gives us just what it just said, what we're accustomed to. You don't even know what it's like to be treated good. You think something wrong with him when he treats you good. So we also repeat what we learned in childhood. You might repeatedly date men who abandon you like your daddy did your mama. You might unconsciously replicate their high conflict marriage. Uh, You know that man cheating, but you stay because you're in love with the fact of being married. Child, please. And and his name ain't Bill no more. It's my husband, my husband, my husband. Um, so we often our beliefs, our coping strategies, and our relationship patterns stem from early experiences, and they deeply entrenched because we formed them before we developed critical thinking skills or had much of life experiences. It's as if we on autopilot, y'all, and repeating these patterns without intending to. So um, you don't feel worthy of being treated with respect and unconditional love. And, and they originated, again, probably from your childhood. And you, you got to heal that underlying trauma. So dysfunctional relationships stem from abandonment, a rejection, shame, and other painful traumatic experience. So until we can heal from these wounds and unmet needs, we're going to continue to seek healing from partners and people who's unable to give us that love that acceptance, that emotional safety that we need and deserve. And many people, you know, continue this same pattern. So we got to learn, y'all, and practice some new relationship skills to change these patterns. We got to change our own behavior. 
So let's get into some of those things. We got to change um, and improve our communication skills, regulating our emotions, setting boundaries, get some self-help books. Um, that's a good place to begin. Be willing to be alone rather than in dysfunction. You got to heal from some things. Ask God to give you that time alone and to heal you and ask God to show you in your own time Lord, where what's what's in me? Lord, show me and reveal to me. Holy Spirit, reveal to me those things that are keeping me from being the best. Lord, move those things. And once you identify, I'm gonna tell y'all it's hard. Now I got a shadow work exercise, baby, that can I tell you, tell your socks off. And 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 if you want to hear, email me. We'll get into it. Um, sometimes taking times between relationships can help you prioritize and give you a new way. Of, of learning things, learning skills, processing your feelings, gaining some new insights. That way you're not bleeding on somebody else from some stuff in your past. You got to choose to be single and have fewer friends. And that doesn't mean something is wrong with you. No, you are clearing that and leveling that playing field. So you're getting the mess out. Uh, Pastor talked about the wheats and the tares. You, you got to get rid of the tares. You can't tell the wheat from the tear right now because your mind is so convoluted from the things of your past. And so we got to get that mess out. So we have to, it's a God thing that we have to ask God to heal us. We got to ask God to transform that thinking. We got to ask God to transform the way we see it. So we got to treat yourself the way you want to be treated. When when we treat ourselves poorly, criticizing ourselves, like we talked about early, ignoring our needs and validating our fit, we're going to let somebody else do it. We let them know that's okay. How you treat you is 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 what you allow them to do. And remember how you start a thing is how you're going to finish it. So we have to value and accept ourselves, take good care of our bodies, our emotions, and trust ourselves, respect our opinions, and work toward these goals. And, and those are the things that we have to do. So I hope this helps somebody. I hope it helped in this journey. So let's recap. We explored the different barriers that prevent us from healing emotionally, mentally, uh, past trauma experience, that childhood trauma, that negative self-talk, that toxic relationship. We discussed some strategies uh, for coping and trying to heal that. We also looked at the role negative self-talk does to us in our inner healing and what it, it, what it actually hinders in our inner healing. And we just want to, we want to be mindful of all of these things and be persistent in our effort to find peace, to find that happiness, to find that wholeness. And then we can begin this journey toward healing, to never give up. And remember, y'all, we're not alone. We are not alone. Uh, the, again, and as I said before, the only difference between me and you, you know about mine, I don't know about yours. Some of us mask it better than others. Some people live with their representative their whole lives. And Lord, if you if if they jumped out at you, you wouldn't know what it was that hit you because you wouldn't be able to tell who in the heck it is. So you just got to be mindful that um, that's just how it is when we're trying to live. So we we talked about some actionable steps. You can seek help. It's okay to not be okay. Get some professional help. I pray, baby, I go to the Lord. I take everything to the Lord in prayer. I trust, I believe. I've had counseling before. I told you back in my 20s when I thought something was wrong with me, I went to a counselor and they said it was my 
family history. I thought something was wrong with him because back then, you know, you're young. I was like, he come talking about this is my family. Man, going on out of here. And I got up and walked out. <laughs> but, you know, I went back, you know, and you work on those things. And it's okay. It doesn't matter what color he is, black, blue, green, Indian, brown, whatever the counselor is, get some help, but seek God first in all things. Practice self-care. Engage in activities that promote self-care. Get some exercise, meditation, baby, have a spa day. Go get your hair, nails, your feet done. Get all that done. Change how you see yourself. Change that negative talk. You got to start replacing that. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough to, I am worthy. I am good enough. I am more than a conqueror. I am sexy. I am loved. I am beautiful. Get all of that. I tell myself in the mirror every morning, good morning, gorgeous. Cause that's what I say. Cause I'm cute, you know, or whatever. You got to set some healthy boundaries. Toxic relationships hinder everything to that we, that can hit in, in our healing. So we want to set boundaries, distance yourself from those people who are not supporting you on the journey. Baby, sometimes you just got to let people go. Let them go. Practice forgiveness. Forgiveness is a powerful tool in, in healing. It's, it's a powerful thing. It's important to forgive yourself and others for the past hurts and move toward a place of acceptance and peace. Remember, it take time, y'all. It won't do overnight. You hear him? He said, we got to heal. Heal. I chose that song because he said, heal. Um, so that's it for this episode. I hope you found it helpful, informative. Subscribe, y'all, to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. Leave a comment so we can push this algorithm, y'all, and we could reach more women who are in need of healing. And remember, John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Matthew 11, 28 and 30, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I always tell, <laughs> I don't tell people about my problems. I tell my problems how big my God is. I don't tell God about my problems. I tell my problems how big my God is. When you got somebody who say give to them, why would you walk around with that brick in that backpack like that? Let that mess go. Put it down. Psalms 55, 22, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And y'all know Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We're going to overcome this, y'all. We're going to get healed. We're going to move from this mess. Y'all, it's a journey. I'm telling you, I did it. I healed as jacked up as I was. And I know if I was jacked up, baby, you can do it. Because I had some issues, yeah. And, and I'm not ashamed to tell it. Our mess is a message for somebody else. We got to help each other along the way. So y'all, let's get healed. Let's get whole. Let's get healthy. Again, sisters, you know you have value. You have worth. You are more than conquerors. And again, subscribe, share this podcast with somebody who's going through, share it with somebody who hadn't gotten released from those things, share it with somebody, you know, it'll help them y'all. 
We got to identify these areas. We got to heal. We got to do better. I love y'all until next time, next week. Next week, we'll get into some men stuff. So stay tuned.